Hi, this is Mish Hancock, and you are listening to Mishmash, a place where I get to talk to the weird, wacky, wonderful people of this world, people I adore and want to know more about. Today, my guest is Amy Rivera. Amy is a lymphedema activist, speaker, and founder of Ninjas Fighting Lymphedema. Hello, my dear. Hello. I'm so happy I got to meet you. I was so intrigued. We, You and I met at a, another podcast gathering for clitorally speaking my good buddies yes. so we'll, we'll we'll shout out to emily and michelle on that one but um i met you and you told me your story and i was like please be on my podcast because it was so intriguing what you have grown up with what you have done with all of this and how you're helping people go yeah tell me <laughs> Well, first, I, you know, I love Emily and Michelle. And uh, when they were like, well, you want to be on the podcast? I'm like, okay, yes. And now you're like a really popular podcast guest. I I guess so. Um, I, I say it's my leg that's popular. It's your leg. It all has to do with your leg. <laughs> my leg. But there's a lot of story in that leg. There's a lot of story. Um, my public speaking coach, Fred Miller, says, you know, I have a story within a story within a story. Right. He couldn't be... Uh, is correct. Like he's so correct with that. It. I have so many different stories. So I'm like, so just this pick is Fred one out Miller. Fred and Miller. Fred was actually on the podcast not too long ago. Yeah. It's a small world. It really <laughs> is. It really is. And Fred is the uh, person who really helped me decide to start speaking about everything I hid from the world. First, it was my husband trying to push me and push me. And then we met with Fred and Fred agreed with my husband, which I was hoping he wouldn't, <laughs> but he did. And um, he saw something in me that I didn't see. And so when we started talking and he was get his mind map out and, and show me things, I thought, oh, I really do have a story to yeah, share with people. Right. So um, growing up, I always hid my story and I was very ashamed of who I was and what I was hiding. And um, more than just hurting myself, I was hurting other people who needed to hear my story. And tell people, what is lymphedema? So lymphedema, when, when people ask me what it is, I first ask them if they ever seen anybody who had breast cancer. 90% of the people say, oh, yeah. And will you ever see someone wear a, a garment or a sleeve on their arm? And like, oh, yeah. Well, that is lymphedema. And that is caused from removal of lymph nodes. Gotcha. We all have a lymphatic system. Right. And what it does is it essentially cleans our toxins out of our body. And if we don't have a functioning filtering system, then the drains get clogged. That's how I explain it. Okay. And if the fluid sits there, then your limbs become larger. And you can even have it in your neck. Uh, you know, you have lymph nodes in your brain. You have lymph nodes throughout your body. So you can develop lymphedema anywhere in your body. Wow. And so then is are the toxins then just sitting there? Like that yeah. seems like a bad thing too. It is. Uh, the toxins are just sitting there. And people think that it's more of a visual issue. It's more of a physical issue. You, but think about everything your body is trying to fight to get those toxins out. Think about how your organs are working overtime to clean right. the toxins out and there's nowhere for it to go. Oh my goodness. So you're ultimately just shutting down from the inside out. And then because it's sitting there, you swell. And right. And so yeah. then that's the physical side of that's it. The is the, side. That's the physical side. That's the visual yes. that, you know, has... has I can only imagine, you know, I mean, so I have alopecia, but I'm in my 50s. 
a kid with alopecia, I think that would be a really different different thing, very different go of it, right? Right. So, you know? so my son has recently been diagnosed with alopecia. Yes. And he is seven. And there have been some kids that made fun of him. And even my husband took him to a park one day and a kid spit on his coat. Now, the mother of me wanted to go grab this kid up by the head. Yes. And, you know. Mean, horrible child. Right. <laughs> right. But um, he, Avery hasn't been... He's he's okay with what he has now, but I've been trying to make it cool for him and tell him that he has a superpower and it's cool to be this way because you're different and cool people are different. And so yeah. now he is totally okay if he goes completely bald or not. And I've been showing him... Um, athletes who have it, basketball players. Uh, a basketball player and I communicate one-on-one on Instagram on a regular basis now because of Avery. And so Avery oh, just, I love it. he thinks it's so cool now. And that's where I wish I would have had as a child, someone who made me feel like I was awesome for this leg. Right. Well, but you did a pretty good job of making yourself awesome with it, right? Right. I mean, so, so talk about it because you did something that most people with lymphedema would not do. Oh, yeah, I did, a quite, I, did a, I, did, I did quite a bit there's of a, things. There's a few things, maybe. Yeah, I mean, um, so I always hid my lymphedema um, under dresses and skirts. Mm-hmm. Um, bef- well, to give you a little bit of backstory, um, I was born with it, and it, w- it affected my entire right side of my body. And after a couple of days, um, everything went down except my leg. But as I grew, my leg began to get larger and larger, and nobody knew really what it was. So I was not diagnosed until I was 32. Oh my gosh, really? Yes, yes. Wow. They didn't know what it was. They just said swelling. They even told my mother was the way she carried me in the womb. So you can Uh. only imagine... The, you know, did the your guilt. mom do that on purpose? Carry you weird? She and did. Weird. She slept the wrong way, and <laughs> you she know, pushed I me can over. See, they're so mean. I mean, what? come on, really? Oh, Could gosh. you come up with like a better excuse? Right. Put it on the parent, of course. Um, so as I got older, I was known as the girl with the big leg, and it really devastated me because I didn't want to be known as that. Well, right. So I decided, you know, as a teenager, we know everything, and you can't tell us anything otherwise because we're always right. You're ready for everything as we're a teenager. ready for everything. You, you need no other preparation. We are fully equipped <laughs> until we fail. And then we're like, you're right. <laughs> you know? Mom, Dad, I do need some help. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's a whole new meaning of walk of shame when you walk to your parents and say, okay, you're right. Uh. (laughs) (laughs) but um so I decided I was going to enter pageants to change my identity and I thought if I could just win the title on that sash I would now no longer be the girl with the big leg I would be whatever that title was right so my parents tried to discourage me to not to go into it and looking back they were just trying to protect me they didn't think I would win or hurt myself even more emotionally right but I wasn't I wasn't having it. I went and raised money. I knocked on doors. I I did everything I possibly could. And as I stood on that stage and I looked at all these beautiful young girls, and I'm a girl from a small town, Hillsboro. Hillsboro, yep. Yep, small town. Um, <laughs> and I'm like, I can do this. And when they called my name and said I won the Miss Junior America hostess crown and this big old trophy and everything I looked out at my parents and the look on my mom's face it just it her face dropped she couldn't believe what she heard and I couldn't believe what I heard and so I won the sash 
and I won the crown. And then after all the excitement died down, then I was known as the beauty queen with the big leg. No escaping it. No escaping it. No escaping it. But you do not have a big leg today. I do not. And the beauty queen, the big leg, still is still my name. Uh, Every interview I've ever done, any news interview, um, I'm gladly, I'm, I gladly accept it now. You embraced it. I embraced it. Which is, which is amazing, it, right? And it, but yeah. it's a huge lesson in that, right? It really is. Yeah. Because at this, this whole time I had a gift mm-hmm. and I ignored it. I tried to run from it. Right. And um, because I found my gift and my voice with the support of my husband and um, family and friends and Fred, um, <laughs> I am now the voice for others who have the same gift. And I was able to reduce my leg from 200%, which was 200% larger than my left leg. It is officially today the same size. Oh my gosh. And I still have the disease. Right. It's okay. Right. But um, I can manage it better now. But you've man- but you can f- you've figured some things out. So yeah. I would totally want to talk more about your journey. We're gonna take a quick break and we will be right back with Amy. We're back with Amy Rivera. We're talking about lymphedema and your journey with this. So let's talk about your journey. I mean, you talk about finding your voice. How did you find your voice? Um, I remember this day as as if it was yesterday, and I think it will always stay with me. I was talking to a former coworker, and I asked her if she wanted to go swimming with me. Now, let me be very clear. When I say swimming, I don't mean I'm going to show my leg. I usually hide it under a wrap and things like that. And then I slid into the pool where people couldn't really see me. And I did all these things to hide it. So I had asked her if she wanted to go. And she'd asked me, well, is it a private or a public pool? And I thought, well, that was kind of a strange question. Mm -hmm. And she said, well, fat people don't go swimming in public pools. And she was talking about herself. Oh, and that hit me so hard right then and there that I felt compelled to share my secret for the very first time. And I told her, well, at least your fat is distributed evenly. And she was like, what are you talking about? So I showed her my leg and she started laughing. Not because she was laughing at me. She was laughing at the fact she thought I wore dresses and skirts because I was Pentecostal. That's what she said to me. Interesting. So I was going to ask you, how did you, how were you able to hide it from everybody for that long? I did so well hiding it. Um, I made sure I dressed appropriately. If if the skirt would come up a little, I would wear shoes that were taller. Um, If the shirt went down, I made sure I had certain flat shoes. I made sure that the skirts didn't, they weren't real form fitting. I did everything I could to hide my leg. So when yeah. you came out with what yeah. was going on, was it a shock to people? It was. It was. Because I'm a very small person to begin with. And right. then you have this huge elephantitis looking leg. Right. What is it didn't even fit my body. So they, they were just they always stared at me, not because they wanted to be mean, but they just couldn't believe what they were seeing. Right. And I would just walk around with it like it was nothing. I was so used to it. And, and did you get, I mean, you, you probably also did have to get used to people 
staring at you. Oh, yes. Right. I was used to that. Um, after I decided to come out, um, I got used to that real quick. Uh, people stared at me all the time everywhere yeah. I went. My right. family would get so upset because people would stare. And it didn't even bother me. I looked at it as if they're going to ask me a question, then I can educate them. I can see where you start to forget, because I do. Like, I'll mm-hmm. forget until someone, usually I get people that want to hug me because they think I'm a survivor of cancer. Mm-hmm. And so I get people like, can I hug you? Which I'm all for hugs. I'm like, right. Sure, yeah, let's hug, you know? I mean, right. I mean, and and I won't always tell people. I mean, sometimes people say, I'm a survivor. And I'll say, well, this is what I have. And then they, then they feel bad. And I'm like, no, 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 we're hugging. We're people. Talk. What's up? Let's right. talk about it. And why you do know? people always feel bad? Like they feel like, oh, I feel bad that I thought you had cancer. Yeah. I'm like, it's okay. Mm-hmm. It's it. This is very rare, you know, right. very rare. Right. So it's understandable that you see a woman without hair. You assume that, right. you know, yeah. So, right. you know, I totally get it, you yeah. know. Yeah. So um, this friend helped you find your voice. She really did. She helped me. I, I was so hurt by the way she viewed herself because I never thought of her that way. That, it, yeah. It just, it hurt me. It rocked me to the core. And I thought, you know what? I need to help her. And in order to help her, I have to be vulnerable. And I've got to share what I've got. And because I did a great job putting on that tough face and being, oh, I'm good. I'm all right. right. That right. pageant face. But deep down, I was hurting. She Just like she was. Right. She spoke it. And that's when I decided to share that. And the I can remember I was shaking, my palms were sweaty, I was nervous, and then I held my breath when I lifted my skirt up, and I was just like this. I could just oh, feel it. I was gosh. trembling. And after that, after we got over the laughter and a little bit of tears, I had felt free for the first time in my life. Wow. The first time. It, I can't begin to explain how free I felt. And then you, you've taken that voice, and it's a much bigger voice now because you're doing speaking engagements, and you've got the ninjas. And tell us about starting this organization. So I once I once I was finally diagnosed with this big long L word that took me a few days to even say it correctly, more or less spell it uh, the right way. I I was really upset that it took me so long to get a diagnosis because there's over 10 million Americans who suffer from this. There's over uh, one to 200 million worldwide with a form of lymphatic issues. But is it different? It is different than elephantitis. Is that a different thing or is that just another, is that a not nice word for? Elephantitis is more of the stage. Okay, gotcha. um, Normally when you think of elephantitis, you think you went to Africa or or a foreign country where you get it from a bacterial issue. Oh, okay. And and that is correct. You can, but I was born without a lymphatic system. Right. It didn't start out that way. Got you. But because there was no treatment, it developed into that. And that was, so I, I, the three areas that I saw the lymphatic community suffer in was for one, we, we didn't even know we were a community. Oh, right. There we was no silenced. community around There was it. no Got, community. Yeah. Uh, the financial aspect of it, you know, insurance doesn't cover a lot of our treatments. And that's another thing I do. I go to D.C. and I lobby for us to have insurance coverage. Is it is it not covered because they think it's more of a looks issue? And so are you helping them understand this isn't just about what it looks like. This is also, you know looks and one sentence 
One sentence is missing in the healthcare bill, and it's not classified as a D. There's no DME code for it. That's uh, it. Isn't that interesting? That, that's it. Yeah. One sentence. I'm like, give me a pencil. Where's yeah. the bill? Let's, let's, let's write, write this in. in. <laughs> you know, very simple, folks. Very simple. Right. I'm like, it's common sense. Here we go. Um, and then the third thing was the education, the lack of patient and, and physician um, education and right. the direct contact. Physicians only get 20 to 30 minutes in their entire medical career, educational career of what the lymphatic system does. They don't even know what it doesn't, what happens when it doesn't work. Interesting. So we want to change that. Right. So I thought, I'm going to start a foundation. How hard could this be? <laughs> and famous last words. <laughs> and um, we started at grassroots. People were like, you guys are crazy, talking about my husband and I. And I said, you know what? What better person to do it? But... And, and I know, because I'm all with it. When people say you're crazy, it's like, yeah, but I've got a passion for this, which means I will work my butt off to make sure that this that this goes the way I need it to go. Or I'll learn, I'll learn along the way, and I may you know have to pivot and mm-hmm. go different directions, but I'll figure this out. It's, it's better than what most people do. They don't move. They yeah. don't do anything. And, right. and, and, I, and my favorite quote is, those people who think they're crazy enough to change the world will change the world. Well, yeah. So you can call me crazy all day, every day, but in three years, we went from a small community in St. Louis to globally helping patients. Plus, it's always easier to be with the person that doesn't take action, and then they can do the 2020 vision thing. Like, yeah, I didn't think that was going to work. And you're like, and, and I have decided... The people that I know, never, they, aren't, they don't have the courage to take action. When they're giving me advice, I already know I'm not going to listen to your advice until you get the courage to take action on something and fail in front of a bunch of people or look like you don't know what the hell you're doing. You don't get to tell me. Right. You don't, ha- you don't have the right to give me advice. I don't, I don't give you that authority over me. Right. And I won't allow it. And when people do talk to me and there's, well, you can't do this and you can, I'm just like, well, what are you doing? Twenty twenty vision's easy, right? That is an easy thing to do, right? You know, you know? so you got to try, and yeah. so but you 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 didn't fail. I mean, you're you're making something happen, <laughs> yeah, right? Yeah. And so, yeah, tell us about the organization and where people can find out about it. So we, um, the people are like, oh, ninjas. They, you know, I I like um, the bright colors that were in your face. We fight. Here, our voice goes along with my personality, and uh, my husband has a black belt. So we kind of incorporated all that together. But you can go to winourfight.org, and that is our website. And it has all our social media handlings on the website, or the handles on the website. Um, we have Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, YouTube. We're just getting out there and awesome. making those mistakes, but learning as we go. And global. And globally, we are helping patients. We, were, we helped uh, someone in uh, South America, uh, United Kingdom, Germany, and France. I love it. Yeah. We're going to take another quick break. We'll be back with Question Time with Amy Rivera. We are back with Amy Rivera, and we are at Question Time. Are you ready for questions? I'm nervous. No, easy. This is easy. Of course, yeah. So one of the things, and and this, I just loved it, and I, I have to bring this up. So looking at your Facebook page. And I look at, you have all these beautiful pictures of yourself on there. And I want you to talk to that because to me, that says, this is how I see myself. Oh, well, thank you and, Which I think is awesome for everything that you're doing. And I, and I, I needed it to be honored, but I want you to talk to it. Um, 
So those pictures, I do put a lot of thought in them because I don't want to be known as um, a selfie queen or um, into my looks. But I feel that I've been blessed with a pretty face in order for people to hear my message. So I get their attention and then I'm able to educate them. And that's why I do that. But you have, I mean, they're beautiful photos. It's, it, I think, you. You, do you have a photographer that's taken them for you? Or are you just no. really, really good at this? High five. I Amy. do. It's yeah. not easy for me. <laughs> I, I need lessons. My, I'm not so great at selfies, but I do many. I don't care. I'm like, no. yeah, I'm doing them anyway. <laughs> I, I like adding like just different textures and backgrounds and just different like views because I don't like just like, you know, right. doing that, but I like depth in my pictures. I love it. I think it's Thank awesome you. that you Thank do it. Thank you. So when you get into the doldrums, as all of us do, yeah. what gets you out? How do you get out of it? Um, I immediately think about the people who have it worse than I do. Sometimes um, I'll get a little upset, like, oh, I got to put this garment back on. At least I'm able to wear one. I wasn't able to. Or, right. I don't want to go to the gym. At least I can get up and walk. There are people who can't. Right. Um, so when I talk about or think about how stressed I am with, we were talking about that earlier, we're just burning the stick at two ends, you know, um, at least I'm able to. So it's, it's, it's looking at what you can do, not what you can't do. Right. Because I yeah. can beat myself up a lot of what I can't do. Well, we like all every, do. Right. <laughs> but, but you got it. You can't do it all the time. No. You know. and, and it's a good reality check for me too. To think about what I have on my plate and what I'm, what am I supposed to be doing? What is important and what is urgent? Right. Not right. everything is urgent. Yes. I yeah. Very you good. Know. Good lesson in that one. Yeah. So. Okay. Another thing I got this from my uh, Facebook page. Yeah. I want you to talk about your beautiful pieces of art in your home. My beautiful pieces of art. Talking about the one in my living room. Well, I think in your office. My actually. Office? They, yes. Yes. So <laughs> I have a home office, and um, then I have an office at NextCore, which is right up the road, uh, a co-working space. Um, but my home office is beautifully decorated by some famous artists, my children. <laughs> I loved it. Yes. I, thought I thought it was great. Yes. I just loved the pictures. I, you know, I always tell them they do such beautiful jobs, and I want it, I, they bring it home to me, and I always display, and they go, are you going to put it on your wall? Because I grew up not ever being recognized for anything I ever did, and I don't want my kids to, you know, feel that way. Um, I adopted my niece, and she, you, you can only imagine she feels some sort of way of being left out. Right. So I always want to make sure that she's felt, you know, um, part of the family with that. And then my son Avery thinks he's just the best artist at seven and he's going to make something of it. Well, yeah, he probably is the best yeah. artist at seven. He so is. He's, he's great. <laughs> I saw it on Facebook. It's good art. <laughs> Thank I'm, I'll be sure to tell them. <laughs> I like it. I'll be it. sure to tell them. But I just love, I love, um, one of my things I want to do is take some of their art pieces that I, I do have and put them in frames and and hang them up. Yeah, because exactly. I, I, I really like that. And um, when I go in people's homes, I don't see a lot of that. Mm -hmm. I see art that they bought or maybe a few family pictures, but not really displaying the art culture. Art from the kids. Yeah. 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 So. And I mean, and all the kids do art. They do. They do. Yeah. You, they come home with all kinds of it. Like right. Piles. Right. Oh my Those God. art teachers are on it too, man. They come up with some really interesting ideas. They do. Just, they I, do. I've always like, I thought art teachers are so cool. I'm like, how did you make the Santa Claus out of that? 
you know? Right. Or this big old bunny or whatever they, they bring home, um, you know, like, what did... You made a pumpkin out of what? You know? Yeah, they do so, amazing things. Yeah. So we still have time. I want you to tell us more because like where you so presentations, like mm-hmm. how many presentations are you doing now? So um, I uh, over a year ago, I had hired Fred to help me. And my first presentation was in front of his class. And I was like, oh, you know, really nervous. And I, I went from speaking in front of 20, maybe 25 students at Merrimack mm-hmm. to uh, my largest audience was 250. And my first actual speaking engagement, I was hired by a lymphedema company and I was flown to Arizona. Phoenix was just absolutely beautiful. And it was the first time I really gave the drop the skirt speech and I had a standing ovation. Oh my gosh. I couldn't believe That's exciting. It. And, um, Everyone came up to me afterwards and just told me, you know, they want me to go and travel and and continue to speak. But I always had Fred's words in my mind to make sure I was able to reach each and every individual in that room and to really relate to them. No matter what part of the story may not relate, make sure there's always a part there that they can visualize themselves in. So since I've been focusing on that, I have been booking speaking engagements left and right. And they just, and I think they like me taking off my skirt. I mean, I, <laughs> it's I just, all about dropping the skirt. I, I, I think so. It's like drop but the mic, but you drop the skirt. Is, you know what I mean? I yeah. mean that that that's there's, it's a good marketing. It's good, thing. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. You know, men like it, women like it. Um, so I have another speaking event coming up in Chicago. It's the world's largest lymphedema platform. Doctors from all over the world come. Oh wow! And I'm sharing the stage with my doctor, Dr. Granzo, who performed the surgery. Um, normally, patients don't get to do that, and um, that's awesome. It's an honor. I'm gonna, you know, I'm going to do that. Uh, there's another speaking engagement uh, a week later with um, Todd Cahill and Larry Cohn that I'll be sharing the stage with them in Chicago as well. And then I'm going to Cleveland and doing another speaking engagement. So talk to that. Yeah. I, I do want you to address the people that have lymphedema. There mm-hmm. is hope. There's, Absolutely. So, so what have you done that has helped? So uh, first off, I don't silence my voice. Um, I'm downright annoying to... United Healthcare, American, or all the other insurance companies. I just say United Healthcare because that was the one that I had. Um, insurance companies in general, doctors, medical professionals, and patients. You just have to be very vocal about it. Right. And a lot of people feel stuck because doctors dismiss them. Continue to fight. Continue to find that option for you if it is surgery or if it's not. It is an option. It's more than what I had in 1981. Right. So, be your own advocate, be which your is own a advocate. huge thing with health. It, it, don't it is, ever, don't, don't ever take what the insurance companies put in front of you. Always call, and yes, she'll be on the phone for hours. Hours. <laughs> hours. <laughs> warning. Yeah. You know, be in a state of mind. Like you know, yeah. get put Netflix up while you're on oh, hold, and, and be you know, ready to be scream. ready. <laughs> You know, be ready to use your voice, yeah, you know, but yeah. um, um, but I have yeah. found that with insurance companies, the squeaky wheel is uh, unfortunately the approach you have to take. But that's what you have to do in this community. You have to be that squeaky wheel because they, they feel like you're going to be dismissed. And that is the problem. That's why we were never diagnosed because we were always dismissed and we just went and people listen to their doctors. People right. listen to, well, they know what they're doing. Mm-hmm. No, not always. 
They're human. They're human and they don't know everything. Right. And so you, you just have to be willing to go find the person that is the expert, that is exactly. the person that can help you. Exactly. Just keep asking questions. Exactly. I love it. Amy, thank you so much for being here today. Thank you for having me. I am so excited. I said, I told Fred, okay, if I'm going to start doing this, my goal is to share a lymphedema story on the TEDx stage. There's never been one. All right. So I think you know some people in that I, arena. I think I might know a few. <laughs> but I said, Fred, I need you to help me, you know, at lunch. And he said, okay. I love it. So. Oh, well, so we have more to talk about. We, yeah, yeah. Awesome. Well, yeah. thank you, thank Amy. You. For everyone listening out there, you're listening to Mishmash Podcast. Go to iTunes, subscribe. Have awesome days. Love you. Bye.